Hi, my name is Paul Dunay, and welcome to another Buzz Marketing for Technology podcast. Welcome to another Buzz Marketing for Technology podcast, conducted in cooperation with Marketing Props. I'm your host, Paul Dunay, and today I'm speaking with Steve Webster, Chief Strategy Officer and VP of Sales for iPost. So welcome to the podcast, Steve. Thanks very much, Paul. Glad to be here. Excellent. So today we're going to explore how to use email to improve your company's profit. So, you know, connecting email and profit in the same sentence is not necessarily the rule. It's more the exception, not the rule. So what are you guys doing at iPost that, you know, is making this happen? Well, the primary thing, Paul, that most companies uh, fail to do well in their email channel is treat it as a measurable uh, P&L uh, controlled channel. They treat it as if it's very inexpensive, so inexpensive that they can just throw as much email as they want to their lists, and uh, whatever response they get is, since it's always positive compared to the cost of sending the email, they don't really measure it properly the way they might if they're, for example, sending catalogs where a cataloger lives and dies on a few percentage points of response, email marketers can really afford to be lazy. Uh, what we do at iPost is primarily bring to uh, our, our clients a very strong, uh, rigorous measurability uh, of, of actual profitability uh, measurements in the channel so that when they send email, they know what it costs, they know what kind of top line they're generating, they know what kind of bottom line they're generating, and they can then feed that information back into their email channel and continually improve the results that they get. Also key is that email is one of the single strongest generators of word-of-mouth marketing as well as response in other channels. And being able to measure cross-channel response uh, that is elicited by the email outreach that you do also absolutely key to be able to reach that sort of profitability visibility that um, many, many brands simply don't have. Mm. And I like the the – what you were saying about cost as far as knowing the cost per email and sort of not knowing that cost, how it sort of infers this this laziness or begins to get this, you know, laziness attitude going on within marketing because everything has a cost associated with it. And if you have that hard dollar cost per email, you're better able to, to judge, you know, the response and the, you know, direct to profitability that you can that you can have there. Uh, are you seeing the same kind of connection to profitability in B2B marketing as opposed to B2C? Because I'm assuming that it's a little bit more direct response in a B2B sense, and uh, I'm sorry, in a B2C sense than in a B2B sense. You're absolutely right. There's a couple things. In fact, you mentioned about email cost. Uh, the true cost of email is not the cost of sending it. That's really inexpensive, and that's what leads to this sort of lazy behavior that email marketers have. The true cost of email, and this is especially true in the B2B channel, is the cost of losing a potential customer's attention because you sent them something that they didn't like, and they tuned you out. They stopped paying attention to you. In the B2B email world, it is especially important that you stay relevant and get the relevancy as quickly as you possibly can as an email marketer because it is the easiest thing in the world to do for a prospect or lead to simply shut you out of their inbox because you're not sending them things of interest to them. So the, the key that you uh, uh, to successful B2B email marketing is to keep your email relevant um, uh, and, and communicate with your uh, customers in a way where you know that uh, they uh, could be putting their attention elsewhere at any time. Also keep in mind that in a B2B world, 
it's usually the job of your uh, email recipient to know about your brand. Uh, you, you want to uh, treat their time with great respect, get to the point as quickly as you can, but also when you're using your email channel as a lead nurturing tool or you're using it as a lead generation tool, which is very common, you've got to be able to connect up the email marketing outreach that you're doing with response that you're driving. It's not going to be purchases that you're driving in B2B. It's going to be other sorts of response, people signing up for webinars, people visiting your website, people visiting your trade show booth. You need to be able to measure these sorts of, of, of demand that you're generating through your B2B outreach, connect them back to your uh, email channel. What this is going to do is let you very quickly focus on your hot prospects, your hot leads, and your highly engaged B2B uh, subscribers as opposed to those who are less engaged, but you need to send out a steady drumbeat of email to on a lower frequency so that you don't drive them away, but you keep their attention so that when it is time for them to buy from you, that you are in their mind. Mm. And I love what you said about staying relevant, you know, especially in a B2B sense. I mean, that is definitely one of the, you know, the hallmarks of a great thought leadership plan and, you know, certainly something that I, I carry the torch and beat the drum on here at Bearing Point about. And um, are you saying that you're, you've connected iPost either through your own software or, or to other third-party softwares that are doing some of the lead nurturing to make sure that you are staying relevant or, or making uh, better segmentation, you know, based on some of those softwares? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's, there's a, uh, it's, it is of vital importance that a B2B marketer be able to achieve uh, the correct outreach at the correct time to each person that they're trying to bring in and stay engaged with the brand, but without uh, blowing out their budget, without having to have too large a staff. These sorts of tools need to be really quite automated so that whenever an email goes out, response happens and flows back into the system, uh, that it's a completely automated process that winnows out who are the highly engaged and less engaged and unengaged leads. And we, and iPost provides software that does exactly this. We tie into your CRM system, for example, salesforce.com, in a way that's far more sophisticated than a typical blast-type email system. We actually uh, have every single uh, prospect's or every single subscriber's behavior right down to every click and every view flow back into our database where we use it to segment every customer out into one of 125 different personas, which are sort of levels of engagement and likelihood to respond. Then we feed that information of response also down to your CRM system, so you can essentially use your email channel uh, outreach and um, cross-channel demand flows into our system and gets used as sort of a lead scoring mechanism so that your telesales or other sorts of high cost but also high touch and high value outreach happen very efficiently. So the overall cost of your B2B marketing to get from initial contact to purchase suddenly becomes much less expensive, much more cost effective, and much faster because you're identifying in lots of different channels your customer's interest and hand-raising behavior um, in a way that a typical email service provider just can't do. They can only do email, whereas iPost, we pull in data from all of your, you can feed in data from all of your different channels. They flow into our system called AutoTarget, which is then used for this automated lead scoring and persona generation. Hmm. Very interesting. I mean, that that's uh, that could be a marketer's best friend right there. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So isn't it getting harder to get into people's inboxes these days? I mean, what's up with the changes in Outlook and spam filters, and how are you guys you know, breaking through that wall? Uh, interesting question, and a lot of uh, uh, nuance in the answer, but really what it comes down to is that it's no more difficult now than it ever was to put relevant 
high quality email into your customers' inboxes. The key is it's got to be relevant and high quality. In the old days, that is two years ago, it used to be that spam was filtered or email was filtered by the sort of keywords that it contained. You know, if you use certain words or certain punctuation, you were more likely to be put into the junk folder or have your email rejected outright. That's no longer the case. Nowadays, email is filtered almost purely by reputation. And your reputation comes from one thing, the rate at which your subscribers or the service that you use to filter your email clicks report spam on the message that you're sending. So if your subscribers find that your email is highly relevant and they'd like to receive it, they're not going to click report spam. The Internet service providers will notice that, and your email will continue to get delivered in the inbox. However, if you're sending email that your subscribers don't want to see, they're going to tell your ISP about it, not just you. And your ISP is going to say, maybe this is not such a great source of email, and you're much more likely to show up in the junk mail folder. Where iPost helps you with this in particular is we help you optimize the rate at which you send email to individual subscribers so that highly engaged, very interested kinds of subscribers receive the right kind of email on a higher frequency basis. It improves your top line and improves your demand overall, whereas those customers who are less engaged are more likely to be annoyed by a high frequency of email, they naturally and automatically start to receive the email less. But as soon as they start to display hand-raising behavior in any channel, then automatically they migrate back over to the highly engaged, higher frequency, and, and different kinds of relevance um, email. So as a marketer, this lets you set up an automated system that treats different kinds of customers differently in your email channel, but lets you measure very directly the demand being generated in all your channels by the email that you're now, in a very optimal, optimal way, sending out into all these different kinds of consumers. Hmm. Excellent. I like what you're saying. So what's the number one mistake that businesses make when it comes to using email? I mean, what, what, are, what are marketers doing that, that you see is just wrong? Oh, there's so many number one mistakes in the email channel. Where to start? The, uh, I would say the biggest one is failing to treat it as a profit generator. Instead, treating it as a cheap uh, sort of what they call batch and blast or reach and frequency email channel as if it were very expensive postal mail. This is a terrible mistake uh, because uh, it's sort of tying back to what I was saying earlier. The real cost of email is not the cost it takes to, you know, the stamp on the email. It costs almost nothing. The real cost is you've sent the wrong email to the wrong person and driven them away from your brand. You can't measure that loss of lifetime value unless you have the appropriate feedback mechanisms and data collection mechanisms put in place in your other channels to see how much demand or you are or not generating from your email channel. So that's the second mistake marketers make is they fail to measure the demand that they're generating from their email in other channels besides the email itself. Most email marketers have got a system that can easily give them email clicks and email opens and bounce rates and opt-out rates, but that tells a tiny fraction of the story because the fact is the effective email is far stronger as a brand uh, recognition vehicle than it is as a direct demand generation vehicle. What I mean by that is if you put an email message in front of someone, they are, they, there's some likelihood they'll click through and make a purchase right then, or if you're B2B, click through to your website and download a white paper. But their likelihood of doing something with your brand even if they don't click in the email itself, is four or five times higher because they just saw the email, even though they didn't click on anything in it. So it has this tremendous, just pure advertising and billboard effect that you as a marketer have to be aware of and have to take advantage of uh, and have to measure. If you don't do that, what you're going to start seeing is that if you just focus on the cost of sending email, you're going, your list will become less and less effective. It will become less and less profitable, and you won't know why. The reason it's happening is you're fatiguing your list, you're sending the wrong things to the wrong people, but you have no measurability. 
you've got to have that measurability so you can tell the right things to send to the right people. And what you'll notice is if you get visibility into profitability of different segments, you'll start to see, hey, we can optimize what we send these guys and see drastic improvements in response rates that are completely out of line with the costs you're putting in place. They're far higher. Typical ROI of our customers for an email program that's running well is 15 to 45 times uh, uh, cost. That is, the gross revenue they'll generate is 45 times the actual uh, money they're putting into the email program if they run it with any sort of measure, measurement and profitability focus. Now, 45 times even from a B2B sense as well? Um, it, that, in the B2C case, 45, yes. In the B2B yeah. case, measurement's a little bit trickier because the pipeline is so much, or the funnel is so much longer, the sales funnel. Right. But yep. what we see in those cases is what we're able to directly measure is likelihood of signups for local events, for example. We've done a, a case study uh, of this for one of our customers that is an a international uh, high-tech networking company. And they found that by targeting their uh, mailings for their user group conferences, both geographically, people who were simply likely to be able to drive to the conference, as well as by interest, so that people who had been to conferences in the past and had read emails about conferences and read the website about conferences, that they were much more responsive. But there's another effect that I haven't mentioned before. It's even more important, and that's advocacy, especially in the B2B world. Who are you going to believe about a product, what, they, what a brand says about itself or what your colleagues say about that product? Turns out what your colleagues say is far, far stronger in terms of you know, actual word-of-mouth uh, communication, whether you're likely to be engaged with the brand. So sure. what email lets you do is identify your advocates, people who are likely to want to talk about your brand with other people. Um, and once you've identified these folks, you then start to talk to them in a very different way. You really want them to show up at the user group meetings. You really want them to talk on the blogs and so forth about your products and your solutions. Absolutely key, and it's so inexpensive if you do this right. But you're going to be, you'll find yourself communicating with these advocate-type people in a very different way than you would if they were an actual prospect. They're not likely to buy your stuff, but they are going to talk about it, maybe because they already have bought it. So identifying these folks and then properly marketing to them is almost always a way to get a massive return on your, uh, marketing on your email marketing dollars spent because your customers are doing your work for you. They're doing right. the outreach for you. Right, from either a B2B or a B2C sense. That's more of a, in the in both, well in the B two B sense it it works really really well because uh, because the se typical sales cycle or sales process in the B two B world um, is much longer and it's not an impulse buy. Uh, people have, you know it's a very considered purchase that people typically make in the B two B world. Whereas in B two C, as long as there's brand recognition and they see a product that they're interested in right then, the consumer is more likely to buy then. It is also very important to to uh, have advocacy and identify them in the B two C world. But we find that the really explosive um, return comes more in the B2B world. In the B2C world, what we do is simply have a, always put in place a forward this message to your friend, encourage people to sign up, sort of virality, and in, 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 we encourage our clients to put that into every message that they send, as well as create craft email programs that are specifically meant to be viral. Um, for example, uh, we have a customer, a, retail, a women's retail um, apparel customer, who uh, re recently did an extremely successful campaign where they had an advocacy campaign where they uh, positioned themselves to, uh, uh, with a, um, a women's medical research group, and uh, you, uh, they contributed a dollar to a fund to this, to this uh, uh, nonprofit campaign every time one of their customers forwarded the message onto a friend. It was phenomenally successful. Um, and comparing the cost of that, it cost as much as it would have cost to send out about 1,000 catalogs. But they grew their list by over 100,000 names um, just over the holiday season just by running this sort of viral campaign. So 
you get tremendous returns out of, out of putting a little bit of focus into the advocacy and virality in your email programs. But it does take some strategic expertise to do that. That's also the sort of thing that, uh, that uh, iPost supplies. Hmm. Okay, so any final thoughts or you know words of wisdom for marketers out there, especially when it comes to using email? Absolutely. Number one, get measurability in place for your email program. And the easiest way to do that is to hook up your email to your web analytics so that when you're sending out an email, someone clicks on it, they show up on your website, you can track what they do and whether they actually make a purchase post-click in the email. That is so key. It's also very easy to do, almost free. If you use Google Analytics or one of the other very low-cost providers for web analytics, it's going to be dead easy, give you tremendous visibility into what is and isn't working in your email program. Okay, excellent. Well, thank you for joining me today, Steve. I really appreciate your time. And for our listeners, now it's your turn. Please let us know what you're doing and any innovative ways that you might be using email that uh, you'd like to share with us. We'd be glad to keep this conversation going with you online, and we'll be back again next week with another PropCast, so thank you very much for listening. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to having you back next week on another Buzz Marketing for Technology podcast.